listening to episode 25 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode exploring topics like mental health, entrepreneurship, creativity, and of course, self-care. We're putting women at the center of our media and behind the creation of it, and today's episode features a strong woman, Allie, who is the owner of Lavender and Sage, a Canadian-made stationery company with your self-care in mind. Allie is a full-time single mama, a stationery designer, an ISFJ, and a coffee lover. Her plan of becoming a psychologist was interrupted by her baby Blue, and she now creates stationary tools to help individuals prioritize their self-care and wellness. But before we get into today's episode, I want to talk about our podcast partner, Lisa. I got my Lisa mattress when I moved to Montreal last October, and it is seriously the softest and comfiest mattress I have ever slept on. The ordering process is super simple, so you can actually order online and they'll deliver it right to your doorstep, so you don't have to worry about going into Ikea or going into a store and testing out a bunch of mattresses. They make it super simple, and you can save $100 off your next Lisa mattress purchase or your first purchase with the code SELFCARE at the checkout. That's S-E-L-F-C-A-R-E at lisa.com. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com. Now let's get into today's episode. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, We've been working together for how long? A couple months now, but I met you like a few years ago. And did we meet through Instagram? Like, is that how we connected originally? I think it was through Instagram, um, though it may have been emails, I think, because at the time... I believe I may have been looking for t-shirts. Yes. And I think I emailed you as well. Yeah. But I had been following you guys on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. I think almost everybody that I've had on the podcast, I've met on the internet. Almost everybody. There's a couple that I haven't. (laughs) But as much as... kind of great though? It is. It is because it reminds me how much good community there still is on these platforms as much as we complain and like to hate on them for you know creating this toxic environment there is still so much good that comes from it absolutely I completely agree with that so before we dive into who you are today and your story and some of the entrepreneurial things that you're working on I want to start way back with where you grew up and how do you think where you grew up or how you grew up shaped your path to where you are now? Yeah, okay, well, um, I grew up in Moncton, New Brunswick, actually. However, I wouldn't say that I ever felt that Moncton was like home for me. I would characterize my childhood as kind of unstable and a little bit chaotic, and I always kind of felt like the outsider looking in. I really spent a lot of time doing crafts and doing artistic things, and that was, I guess, my way of expressing myself, but also passing time, and so I was really involved in things like music and musical theater, and I always drew and journaled. 
And so I think that having that time to really cultivate that relationship with my creativity has really played a large role in in who I am today. So um, I think that's ultimately been kind of monumental in my growth. And you stayed in the Maritimes, right? Have you ever lived outside of the Maritimes or are you like a Maritimer born and bred? I am a Maritimer born and bred. Mm -hmm. Um, I moved here to Halifax when I was 18 and I have been here ever since. I've been here for about eight years, and this is definitely where I consider home. This is where I want to stay. I think it's like the perfect size between a really big city and, you know, a tiny city like Moncton or Fredericton. Yeah, yeah. Halifax is definitely more bustling than some of the bigger cities in New Brunswick, if you can call them big. Being in Montreal now, like I, people ask me, oh, where did you live before this? And I tell them about Fredericton or about New Brunswick. And when we look at the population, like the entire population of New Brunswick isn't even the size of Montreal. And people are shocked <laughs> by it. Like Fredericton is like a baby, baby city compared to Montreal. It's so funny. I feel like Montreal is also a, like a very similar feel to Halifax from what like I've visited mm-hmm. anyway yeah yeah it does feel pretty like close still and I think too because it's such a walkable city uh it right. it does feel smaller than it is I don't know I, I really love I mean I love it here I'm gonna be sad to leave okay back to you back to your life in Halifax so you moved did you move for university um, no, actually, I originally moved here for a boyfriend at the time. Whoa. Um, yeah. This is a <laughs> I story I haven't heard. to university until, like, quite a bit later um, in life, but I wasn't approved for a student loan, and so I wasn't able to go to university, and I wanted to get out of Moncton, um, and so I moved here to, to Halifax, and I, I guess I just never looked back. Wow. So at the time that we met, which was uh, like, I want to say four years ago, you were really involved in mental health advocacy. And when I think of back to that meeting point or that email or whatever, um, and then starting to look into who you were and your online persona, because, you know, we all do that. We all creep each other right. when somebody yeah. reaches out. <laughs> uh, and I remember you were somebody who was open about mental health advocacy at the time, and that was kind of one of the reasons why you had reached out and you had been sharing your story. So I'm really curious about how you got into that space and what was your personal experience that inspired you to get into all of that? Yeah, um, there's, I mean, there's a lot to that question, but at the time that I had reached out, I had been managing my own nonprofit organization in the mental health field, um, which, I mean, very similar to your experience with where your label, um, I didn't really know what I was getting into, so it had actually started as a blog, (laughs) believe it or not, and um, I had a a friend of mine who was also writing blog posts, and eventually we just kind of briefly discussed the idea of having it be a nonprofit organization, and 
I mean, we made it happen as it happened before I really knew what was going on. But it was, I guess, my way, uh, or it started as my way of reaching out um, to friends and family and those who were, you know, within my inner circles about mental health and mental illness. Um, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder when I was 17 years old. Um, I had been in the hospital for about three month period and I was, I was just in grade 11. And um, I guess following that diagnosis, I was treated like the scum of the earth with mental health services. And so anytime that, you know, I was having a really rough go and I was going to the hospital or I was reaching out about a program or anything like that, I was being turned away from these services because of the stigma that is associated with borderline personality disorder. Mm. So it wasn't until I was, I want to say that I was about 24 after having worked with a psychiatrist um, consistently for over two years that she told me that I, I don't actually live with borderline personality disorder. I live with uh, complex post-traumatic stress disorder and they're so often misdiagnosed or mistaken for one another. But all of those years being turned away from services and being told that I was manipulative because of my diagnoses or, you know, being stigmatized really stuck with me. And so when I started Find Your Light, which was the, the nonprofit that I had managed, I wanted it to be a resource to help bridge the gap that existed for people who lived with a stigmatized mental illness. So somebody who lived with borderline personality disorder or schizophrenia because so often you see that the resources that exist within our community are very focused on one or two mental illnesses and these other individuals are completely left out. You know, they go to the emergency room and they don't receive the, the necessary mental health treatment that they really and truly need. And when people are going to the, the emergency room, they're in a crisis. So, you know, for you to to judge, I guess, their their situation or what they may have as a mental illness based on their arrival to the emergency room, you're not getting a clear picture. You're not getting the full story of who they are. You're seeing them in a crisis situation. And then so often people are misdiagnosed or assumed to be living with borderline and it's just so stigmatized. So that was a, a huge factor in, in why I, I started to find your legs. Wow. And I feel like your journey has evolved so much in the past few years. You had mentioned to me that you originally wanted to be a psychologist. Did. <laughs> and things shifted a little bit or a lot <laughs> um, when you had your baby, Blue. So how has that whole decision-making process been like going from wanting to pursue becoming a psychologist to realizing maybe this point in your life, like it wasn't the best thing or it wasn't what you had to do? I mean, it was easy, but also difficult 
it was difficult because this had been my plan for so long. You know, looking back to even grade 10 or grade 11, I'd wanted to be a psychologist and, and or a social worker or a therapist or somebody working in mental health with, with people. And so, you know, university is such a huge investment and I spent so much time working toward this degree. And so I think that's what really made it difficult. But looking at how how prevalent compassion fatigue and burnout really is in the mental health industry, mm-hmm. I knew that I couldn't I couldn't do an effective job at both being a psychologist and being a parent. And I knew that blue came first. And so ultimately the decision was made there and, and it was an easy decision. But it's definitely something that I still grapple with and I still kind of think that maybe in the future I will still pursue that path but mm-hmm. ultimately blue is like my number one Aww. well I think that takes so much self-awareness for you to come to those conclusions how and why did you start lavender and sage did it come up as an idea after you made that decision had it been something that was percolating for a while before that it definitely wasn't like a conscious decision. It kind of just came out of nowhere. The same, I mean, it started as the same type of journey as Find Your Light did and that it started as a blog. Um, and it was, you know, me blogging about my pregnancy and my mental health journey and that sort of thing as, I guess, an outlet and a way to, to connect with people. But then I, I've always been a planner person. I've always loved stationery. And I was in chapters one day picking out a new planner. And I saw this bandeau planner. And all it said on the front was, I am so busy. And it was so irritating to me because I've always been the type of person who, you know, if I had a long to-do list, I got so overwhelmed and I just felt paralyzed with the inability to do anything and you know I've always I living with a a mental health disorder you know I would take a reduced course load and I wasn't able to work while I was in school and so I felt really invalidated but also frustrated by this glamorized idea that you need to be go 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 all of the time because I truly think that that is such a difficult or a perpetuating factor in burnout, mm-hmm. you know, is, is this idea that you have to have appointments all day, every day, and if you haven't completed everything on your, on your to-do list, you need to work until 2 a.m., or if you have, you need to get extra things done for tomorrow, and it really does not prioritize time for self-care and that is such a huge problem and I guess it just kind of blossomed from there Uh, that was like the little seed that was planted well you know it's so true everything that you just said about living in this culture that really glamorizes being busy and the funny thing is when I was running where your label I had that bandeau planner that you're talking about that's (laughs) 
<laughs> I literally, I, there's probably like a photo of it back on my Instagram from 2014 or 2015. Uh, and I remember getting it because in the, at that time I was in that mindset that hustling to build this startup was like super exciting because startups right. and being an entrepreneur and that entire lifestyle everybody seems to really be craving the success from that right now. And everybody also kind of forgets or downplays how much hard work it actually is, both mentally, physically, like just emotional work, like all of that. So I had that planner and I took it with me everywhere. I had it at meetings and I remember like thinking that I was so cool because I was like this girl boss entrepreneur who was so busy and had such a cool life And the irony is that I totally did burn out within Mm -hmm. a couple years. Like it was the reason why I had to and wanted to leave my startup, uh, despite it being my baby at the time, uh, I just couldn't handle it anymore because I felt like I had lost my entire identity to this burnout essentially. And so that's when I really started prioritizing self-care, talking about self-care, started Self-Care Sunday, but looking at self-care in different ways. And it's also when we connected on Lavender and Sage and I started seeing all of your self-care posts, but also products. So talk a little bit more about like what the products actually look like and what some of the features are and why you design them. Okay, so... The biggest thing, the most important fact, factor, I guess, that I wanted to take into account for the, for the tools that I create is that I want them to prioritize your mental health and your wellness and prioritize your self-care. But that being said, I don't know if you've ever gone to a therapist or like group counseling or anything like that. You've received like this really boring and clinical handout yes. to homework or an exercise and it's been photocopied 500 times and yeah. it's crooked <laughs> and it's not pretty <laughs> you look at it and you're thinking I don't want to do this and I mean I so often got stressed out by that and I think that's a little bit of perfectionism as well but I would take it home and I would rewrite it so that I could actually focus on doing the work And the reality is that these tools just aren't very pretty. (laughs) They're not, they're not beautiful. And that's what I loved about stationery. And that's what I do love about stationery is seeing these really gorgeous planners that you're so excited to open in the morning and go through and plan out your day. And there's something so satisfying about it. And it gets your buy-in because you want to use these tools. And so I want to for the tools that we have to be beautiful, but also to prioritize your mental health and your wellness, because that is the most hands-down important thing, is that you are well and healthy so that you can do all of these other things, like, you know, doing a business meeting or doing an interview or going to a job that maybe is really challenging. And right now, you are in the process of launching. Well, you just launched the campaign, but you're in the process of launching new products. Talk about that. Yes. I have just 
launched my pre-sale campaign for the Selfpreneur Planner, which is the second, I guess, I guess edition of the self-care planner. And so last year, I created this planner, the day planner, to really act as a catalyst for prioritizing mental health and wellness. But it wasn't... I guess I, I designed that planner not as an entrepreneur, but more as a student. Mm. And I realized very quickly that it didn't quite accommodate what I needed as a now entrepreneur. And that's a little bit of the feedback that I got from other individuals who were also creatives and makers. And so I wanted to create something that took into, the, took into account the fact that creatives and entrepreneurs work a little bit differently or they have to accommodate different schedules than an individual who works, you know, a nine to five or as a student. Um, And I really wanted to give entrepreneurs and creatives the opportunity to have a planner that was going to help them remember their self-care but also hold them accountable to their self-care and really focus on those elements of positive psychology, like daily gratitude and looking at your month to month, but looking at your successes and what you found challenging, but what you can actually change realistically for the, me- for the next month to, to better yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited to see what the final product looks like. If you guys, oh, <laughs> you're so welcome. Well, I'm excited to like have it in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and if you are listening and you want to learn more, I'm going to link the campaign link in the show notes and also uh, Lavender and Sage website in the show notes. So you can go and actually see what these products look like. They're really cute and such a good idea. I want to talk a little bit about being an entrepreneur as somebody who struggles with mental illness and being a single mother, because I think all of those individual facets of identity are challenging enough. And then when you bring all three of them together, you know, like there's so many struggles there. Um, But also, I think a lot of really great perspectives that you can probably bring and probably a lot of uh, compassion and so much empathy and wisdom that you would have going through all of those experiences. So what have some of those struggles been like for you? Uh, I mean, you guys can't see this, but I'm like nodding wildly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also love that you use the word compassion and empathy because I really truly strive for that um, in addition to kindness. Um, I'll be honest in that being an only parent is by far the hardest thing I have ever done. It is stressful, it is so time consuming, and then adding in self-care to that sometimes feels impossible and you kind of have to modify your self-care routine to be things like brushing your teeth and like the really basic stuff. It's hard, but it's so, so rewarding. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that or alluded to the fact that it helps me to connect with people. And 
that's ultimately what I want. I want people to know that they are not alone and that, you know, it is, it is hard, but there are other people who are going through it too and they want to be there for you. And I try to use a lot of humor in my posts because I find that really relatable mm-hmm. and very validating. I mean, it it's all about doing your best with what you have. And that is all you can do. And if at the end of the day, you've done your best with what you have, even if that's not, you know, what society thinks you should have accomplished for that day, that is good enough. And I think we don't put enough emphasis on that. We, we do not spend enough time saying that you are enough and like you are a good person, a good parent. You do not have to measure up to somebody else's ruler that, you know, that they've, that they've placed for you. We have these misconceptions that a parent needs to look a certain way. You need to parent a certain way. You know, mental health recovery looks a certain way. And really it doesn't. We're all so different. We're different people with different temperaments and every baby is different and every journey is different. And we need to really measure ourselves up to a realistic timeline of what we feel success is for us individually. There's so many good quotes that you just said, and I love them all. I can't wait to like re-listen to this episode because I always include like specific <laughs> quotes in the blog post afterwards, and there's, there's a couple tidbits right there that I was listening and thinking, yes, yes. Um, something I that quotes. I heard recently... And I don't remember where I heard this. I think it was on Instagram or a quote or an article or something. But it was talking about measuring success against ourselves instead of measuring success against others. So if you are 10 steps ahead today than you were six months ago, you're growing. Like That can be considered success. But so often, especially with social media, we compare ourselves to our peers to our role models or to people similar age as us or with a similar path or journey and they might be 10 steps ahead but they might have started 10 steps ahead of us they might have just like had a completely different path so measuring our success against ourselves is such a I I don't know like a better way of, of measuring those things and also I think keeps us fulfilled and keeps us feeling more content when we can see our own growth against where we used to be versus measuring against people that we see on the internet. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, like you said, social media makes it so easy to compare ourselves to those around us, our friends, other makers and creatives. But we're all so different and we have different strengths and different weaknesses and um, or challenges and things that we have to overcome. And I have actually just stopped looking at other stationary brands that like that I really love because I was finding that they didn't inspire me. They made me feel discouraged. Mm-hmm. And it's only when I looked at these profiles of people who I thought were doing it better or were more successful than me that I felt discouraged. I didn't feel discouraged until those points. And so I decided to just 
get rid of them because I it feels so awful to feel discouraged and like you're failing or that you that you're less than. And so speaking of feeling discouraged, what keeps you motivated to keep going? Who inspires you? I know you mentioned some really basic self-care things and I think those like, you know, brushing your teeth, doing the laundry, they're basic and they're underrated, but they are those foundational pieces that we need to do to just like make ourselves and our spaces feel like a place that we can keep going in. So what does motivate you? I think first and most, not necessarily, yes, also most importantly, but the, the person who motivates me the most is blue and it sounds really cliche but you learn so much in being a parent um babies are so resilient Mm -hmm. and they test you but they teach you to you know keep going and keep trying and when I see the way that blue looks at me in some you know photos candid moments that other people capture it shows me how much he thinks about me and how much he looks up to me. And that is really motivating to me because it shows me that I'm doing something to inspire somebody. And that's ultimately what I strive for every day is to inspire people to, you know, to keep going or, you know, to drink more water and just (laughs) do those basic self-care things because they are so important and we don't give enough credit for those things. As for who inspires me, there are a handful of creatives who have been so wildly encouraging uh, and supportive in my journey who, instead of making me feel like I was competition for them, really chose to invest in, in who I was becoming and the path that I wanted to take and so um there's a friend of mine and a client of mine Casey is super supportive um and inspiring and she's you know also an entrepreneur and uh Cassandra who has a fashion line um she's also been really supportive and I've found that connecting with other creatives in the community has been so monumental to really believing in me and believing in my journey and that I, you know, I am touching lives and it it truly does take a community. (laughs) Never has that felt more true. You know, it, it takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a community to cultivate, you know, a movement and encourage a movement, especially when it's something so important like self care. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And I I love being surrounded by other creatives. I think having a strong creative community or like an inner circle of other creatives or entrepreneurs that understand pieces of what you're going through or can empathize with it is so important to the whole journey because it can be so isolating otherwise. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> 
what advice do you have for other young moms or young women who maybe feel overwhelmed by the changes in their life? They maybe want to start something. They don't know which path to choose. Mm-hmm. My first piece of advice for young moms, especially, or just moms, like new moms in general, mm-hmm. is to try your very best not to compare yourself to other parents because you are your own person and your child is their own person. And you cannot expect that you, like you both as individuals are going to react and interact the same way as another parent and their child. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to, you know, no TV time or um, I'm only going to feed my child organic snacks and that sort of thing. And really what you need to focus on is having a relationship with your child and getting your own self-care and being your own person. That is so important as being your own person whilst also being a parent. And I know that sounds so overwhelming and like a lot and like it's impossible but gradually it does come. And that ties into, I guess, the second piece of advice that I feel is so vital. Um, And it's, I guess, more so a piece of knowledge. (laughs) And that is that this idea of balance does not exist. Mm. It is false. There is no perfect balance. It doesn't matter what you are prioritizing your time to do, something is going to be out of balance. So it's all kind of a chuckling act. You kind of just need to focus on right now and maybe tomorrow and do your best with that. But don't stress yourself out thinking that, you know, you haven't achieved this magical notion that is you know, balance. It's all a teeter-totter. And you just have to, I guess, choose for yourself in your own situation, for your own family, what is best in Mm -hmm. that moment. Yeah, I really resonate with that teeter-totter visual because some days you are really prioritizing one thing. Some days you really have to prioritize another. It's really hard to have it perfectly balanced. And even when... It looks balanced. Usually it's like slightly leaning to one thing or it's like about to lean to another thing. So I, I yeah. yeah, I really like that. I want to do a fun quick fire round. So five questions answer with whatever comes to mind first. First question is coffee or tea? Definitely coffee. <laughs> you need it, right? I do. <laughs> so badly. <laughs> What is your favorite movie? Oh, gosh. That is a tough one, so I'm going to use my childhood favorite, which was Hook. What is your zodiac sign? I am a Taurus Gemini cusp. Uh, If you could jump on a plane right now and go anywhere, where would you go? Oh, gosh, probably Greenland. Why Greenland? I have no idea. I've just always had a fascination, and I've always wanted to go, and it looks beautiful. Um, My other option would be Denmark. 
I haven't been to either of the places. I would love to go to both. What does your perfect self-care Sunday look like? Oh, okay. My perfect ideal self-care mm-hmm. Sunday looks like having, like, the afternoon to myself. So waking up with blue, going to the waterfront, having some coffee and some playtime and a nice breakfast, and then having someone who I trust take my child away from me for like a good five hours and just creating being on my own and being able to create or like maybe have a bath for 20 minutes but I normally get bored um (laughs) but that is like my perfect self-care Sunday I love it this is a pleasure I'm so excited to see how things unfold for Lavender and Sage and I'm sure everybody will be following along your journey too thank you so much and thank you for having me thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of self-care Sunday if you want to find Allie you can follow her and her work at Lavender Sage Co on Instagram that's lavender spelt like lavender S-A-G-E-C-O and her website lavendersageco.com I'll link the crowdfunding campaign in the episode show notes if you want to check out the new Selfpreneur Planner and if you want to stay up to date with new episodes, please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play or any of those places or at selfcaresunday.co Happy Self-Care Sunday, everyone.